my mom has always felt like I'm a burden. Um, I'm a bastard. I am an unwanted child. If I would have died, my biological father would have never cared. And these are all things that I know it's not, (laughs) I'm not the only person who has had these thoughts or has been abandoned by their biological father. Finding out you are when you're 39 is unusual. Tell Me About Your Kids is a chance for you to listen in on unscripted conversations with connected parenting specialist Bonnie Harris. As she talks with real parents like you about real struggles like yours, these counseling sessions get to the heart of why our buttons get pushed as parents and offer tips and advice useful no matter your child's age. Listen in and subscribe to let go of old habits and raise your kids in a way that feels good. If you're having a parenting challenge and need help, visit BonnieHarris.com for free resources, schedule a session, or get a free one-on-one counseling session by becoming a podcast guest. We're all in it together. You're not alone. Thanks for listening. Tell me about your kids. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I'm Bonnie Harris, and Adam Arnone is here in the sound studio with me. Yep, that's it. My sound engineer. Bigger than life. Yes. Me. You. Adam Arnone. <laughs> sound engineer. <laughs> with two giraffe heads on your sweatshirt. Yeah, this is from the band Giraffes Giraffes. All right. That can be a plug for them. Good friends, good people. It's nice to see you. We The last episode that came out, we were not in the same space together when you recorded that. Shannon McNamara. Yep, she's she's yeah. fantastic. The amount of information that was in that community pieces was so incredibly helpful. She was really on it. She's got a lot of stuff going on. She yeah. does. Well, she, she just knows a lot. Full of amazing resources. Uh-huh. And it is, it's actually an incredible story because it really is all about um, you know, kids who were really in the the special needs and learning disability community right. um, and how to get those services and also how to get evaluations. Um, and but it's I think it's amazing because Shannon comes from that world. She comes from that world. She has herself. Kids she was herself, diagnosed when herself, she was younger. She's, and she has kids in that world. And let me also say that even if you don't have a child with a learning uh, difference or special need, it's really interesting information, and you sure know somebody who has kids with learning difficulties, and it's really important for us all to know these these things, I think. I think so, too. Getting to today's episode, you talked to Carly. I did. Kind of a mind blower. It, yeah. it was, yeah. and when she was 39 years old, she found out that uh, everyone in her family, she seems to feel like everyone knew this secret that her father, that she always knew was her father, was not her biological father. And there are these sort of scandalous circumstances as to, um, you know, how her mother got pregnant. And But she then ends up finding out that her biological father's information uh, reaches out to him. And that's a relationship I think that's sort of still that's developing and, and still happening. happening. And yeah, and her relationship with her mother has deteriorated significantly because her mother doesn't want to talk about it. No, she feels um, lied to and feel like yeah. it was such a violation of her yeah. trust. Yeah. So this just brings up such a complex scenario that uh, we have to face as adults, which can be when you are faced with a situation that you have to figure out a way to cope and to move on. Yes. But you don't necessarily get resolution. Right. This situation with Carly, it's more about, well, how is she going to not let this affect the rest of her relationships? Right. Because that anger and that that frustration, and that just feeling destroyed like you you don't know what's what everything feels you know completely upside down 
but you're still living your life. And this thing that has happened is in and the And raising past. three children. And so she had, that's the thing we didn't even say, because yeah. this, this one's really, we don't really get- We don't get to in, her kids to her, But so there's no way that they're not affected by Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Um, she talks about it a little bit, but it's when you have to figure out how to keep going and adjust to your new reality without necessarily getting sort of the validation that you want. And understanding the limits of your control of other people. Right. Which is something I think... Which is... Universal. A lifelong lesson for every one of us. Right. 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 Because we do want that instant gratification mm-hmm. sometimes, or most times. We, and, yeah. we, we want and someone to just say, sorry. She knows that her a lot of her help and healing is dependent on her mother doing her work, and she has no control over that. Yeah, you got to find ways to just survive and be okay, regardless of what. You can't tie your happiness and your peace in other people's uh, actions, right? Because it's it's hard. It's it's hard. You can't make anybody do anything. Yeah, and and you you know it's not worth the energy to do that. But as long as you can find ways to find happiness, that's the key. That's right. Speaking of happiness. Speaking of happiness. Thanksgiving is all about food. Mm. Mm. And did you know that you can get your whole Thanksgiving meal through Thrive Market? Thrive Market? That sounds like one of our affiliates. <laughs> yes, I wonder why I brought that up. <laughs> yeah, you can you can order your turkey, you can I'm a ve- I'm so I'm a vegetarian, so oh, right. I have to look and see if they have fake turkey. I think they do. Well, go go check it out, vegetarians. Yeah, we spent many, many years as vegetarians having tofurkey. Tofurkey. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And check the little liner notes because there's going to be a link in there. There's as, a link in always. there. And if you uh, join Thrive Market with that link, you get, uh, I believe it's a 30% off ticket. Also, they send you gifts. I mean, they send you notices of gifts. If you make an order, they have a gift for you. And Adam, Earth Mama, I'm sure you know this, is celebrating 20 years of being in business. Of course I know that. I I have that that tattooed on me. Regular. I have a tattoo for every year (laughs) that they have been in business. (laughs) (laughs) And their celebration means that this Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they're giving a big sale, 30% off site-wide, everything on their site, with code CYBER30, C-Y-B-E-R 30. Now, the trick is, if you want to get something from Earth Mama, and they've got so many wonderful Christmas gifts, stocking stuffers, everything, use our link on this podcast that you will see in the liner notes. And then when you get there, put in Cyber 30, and you'll get both the benefit of using our link and their sale, and which runs Friday through Monday, 1125 to 1128. So use our link and you'll help the podcast. All right, here we go. Secrets do great damage in families. Whether it's a family secret you're taught never to divulge outside the family, or whether you find yourself the victim of the family secret, trust is lost, almost impossible to regain. The secret, sometimes unspoken, can result in distrust of the outside world or in those family members you suddenly feel betrayed by. What do you do when forgiveness is not an option? Good morning, Carly. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. So tell me about your kids. I have three kids. Um, I have a son, age nine, a daughter, age seven, and another daughter, age two. All right. And what would you like to talk about today? 
Um, today, I'd like to talk about um, my perspective as an adult child. A few years ago, I can't even remember the year, um, my husband and I did 23andMe mm-hmm. just to just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to my mom about it and um, she asked me what I found out. And I remember telling her, well, it turns out um, my grandpa, my paternal grandfather, they always told me was Native American. He's not Native American. We're Italian. And she was like, oh, well, that's so interesting. That sounds like a family rumor. Oh, it was a family rumor. And so, and I forgot about it. And then in I think February 2020, right before the pandemic, I got an email from somebody on 23andMe saying they were my first cousin. And I was so confused. And I thought, I have no idea who this person is. When I asked my mom, she said, I have no idea who that is. Ask your father. And then I was pregnant and the pandemic started and I completely, I just forgot. And I wrote him back and I remember saying, I I hope you find what you're looking for. And I didn't hear anything from him. And then about a year later, I got another email from a woman this time saying, we're first cousins. You must be related on my father's side. He's, his name is Phil and he's my biological father. He didn't raise me. He was in Hell's Angels and he wrote a book and this is his book. And I remember looking it up on Amazon and we thought, oh my God, this is crazy. And we very lovingly called him in our house, Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil, the outlaw. And I asked my mom again and she told me, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I thought at this point, I'm thinking one of my grandparents had a child out of wedlock. This is what you're assuming. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. I'm I'm racking my brain was one of my uncles Mm -hmm. running around the country, calling himself Phil and impregnating women. (laughs) And all over the country, when I brought it up to my father, finally, he acted very strange. And he told me there was no one in our family like that. And the DNA test was wrong. Mm. And I wrote it off to boomers just don't understand. It's like he doesn't understand the Internet. (laughs) Mm. He Mm -hmm. doesn't get it. And then about a week later, he called me very, very upset. And he said, I need to speak to your mother immediately. And she's not getting back to me. And I called my mom and I said, my parents are divorced. They've been divorced since I was oh, four. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I called my mom and I said, dad's really freaking out. Let me know what's going on. I don't know if it's his health or if something is terribly wrong. And I should also preface, my father is um, a paraplegic and in a wheelchair. So I'm always mm. going there. I'm always thinking about something's wrong. Right, right. Um, and he lives alone. Mm. And um, my mom texted me back. She said, I spoke with your father and everything's okay. And at this point, I called her and I was like, whoa, 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 what is going on? This is bizarre. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, well, he's upset that you're going to find your biological father and forget about him forever. Oh, my goodness. And I had no idea what she was talking. I was so confused. I was like, Mom, I didn't go on the... I What is he talking about? I don't understand. And she said, he thinks you're... And she kept repeating herself. I, he thinks you're going to find your biological father and forget about him. You, at this point, had no idea he was not your biological father. What do you mean, biological father? And I was 39 at this point. She kind of went into this, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like having a sperm donor. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I mean, when you get news like this, you just kind of become flooded. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I had thought up to this point that my mom and I were very close um, and she wasn't very nice about it. I said, well, who's my biological father? Do you know who he is? And she said, his name is David. And did you get the impression that she wasn't thinking about what a bombshell she was laying on you? I got the impression that she wanted me to shut up about it. 
Huh. Like when I asked her to talk about it later, I was like, mom, I still have a lot of questions. She goes, well, there's nothing left to talk about. I don't know what else there is to say. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's been about a year and a half since I found out. I it, The first two weeks were, were horrible. Mm. Crying in the car, not like just doing what I could to feed my children and get them to school and take care of. I had an infant at that point. Mm, right. My child was about nine months old. Mm, right. And I was still nursing. I mean, it was just getting through every day. Can you describe some of the, the thoughts that were going through your head? Oh, sure. Um, one of the predominant thoughts was my mom has always felt like I'm a burden Um, I'm a bastard. I am an unwanted child. Um, If Mm. I would have died, my biological father would have never cared. And these are all things that I know it's not, (laughs) I'm not the only person who has had these thoughts or has been abandoned by their biological father. Finding out you are when you're 39 is unusual. There weren't very many positive thoughts. I mean, I did think I was deeply grateful to my father. We'll call him my father. He's my birth certificate father Mm -hmm. um, for not abandoning me completely after the divorce because things didn't go the way he wanted. He thought um, my mom got pregnant. She married my father he knew that I was not his. Right. And he did not know that she was pregnant when they got married. And she claims she didn't know oh. either. Oh. She claims I didn't know I was pregnant, but my dad claims absolutely she knew she was pregnant. That's why she came to me and said, I want to get married. They were dating, had had a fight. She went on vacation to see a friend and got pregnant on vacation. And came mm-hmm. home and he said, as soon as she came home, he, she said, let's get married. And her story is that he met her at the airport with flowers and a ring and said, let's get married. And I believe that at this point, both of their stories are true in their minds. And the truth is probably some mm-hmm. mishmash of both of their beliefs. Was your father a paraplegic when they got married? No, my father had an aortic dissection in 2010, mm-hmm. and um, which is a catastrophic event and uh, mm-hmm. has about a 3% survival rate. Oh, wow. And um, he went through a year of physical therapy. And I was between my brother and I, I mean, we were the ones who, who took care of him while he was in the hospital, who were speaking to nurses all the time, going to visit him. So this was after the divorce? Well, yes, way after the divorce. Right. So is is your brother his biological son? Yes. And, and he questioned my father about me when he said he was about 20. He was like, well, Dad, you know, this doesn't add up. Like, you how did you have Carlin after you'd had a vasectomy? And he said, well, you know, they don't always work. And my brother said, I just took that to be true because you and I resemble each other. And and we do resemble each other a bit. We both have dark brown hair and green eyes, Mm -hmm. um, similar skin tone. And um, so we just accepted that to be true. Um, I'm nothing like my dad. (laughs) He's, Mm -hmm. um, it was like taking this, you know, shy, like gentle person and putting them with all of these very loud and outspoken and boisterous people. I, I was, I was terrified honestly, as a child being around them sometimes because Hmm. 
what to them was like normal volumes was yelling to me. Mm -hmm. I would go weeks and weeks without seeing my dad. I never understood why. So we had this very strange, even by divorced parents' standards in the 80s and 90s, it was very strange. And I just assumed that men compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And you felt very alone and... I was a very lonely child. Mm -hmm. So when you found out this information through 23andMe and your mother finally spilled the beans, so to speak, and you were, of course, grieving and feeling all kinds of emotions, was there also a, oh my God, that's why? There were a lot of connecting dots. Absolutely. It made perfect sense why everything happened the way it did, why we were so different. And I remember through the years telling my mom, I, I would get back from seeing him and his family be like, I just don't know how I'm related to them. I mean, we're nothing alike. It's just, it's so hard. And I just, it's so challenging. And she would say, well, you just never spent that much time with him. Did you also Mm -hmm. uh, chalk some of that up to his condi- his physical condition after his never no this was long before the physical oh, okay. condition oh, i mean okay. that didn't happen till 2010 okay and um and he and i actually got closer then when he when he had the dissection and i actually felt like i mean i've told multiple people i think that like like one of the reasons my dad survived is because he and I had unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I understand. And he is the person in all of this I am the least upset with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, because he-, he told me, he said, I can't lie to her anymore. She's asking me questions. He was honorable about it. I feel like he was in a horrible position where he didn't know what to do. He didn't want to leave me fatherless. But he also wasn't my father. He couldn't insist on seeing me. He could have just split. He could have, yes. He could have just, easily. Yeah. Easily. I'm not really sure how to move forward with my mother um, yeah, I was going to say, I imagine that's the tough relationship, especially yes. when you had felt so close to her. I did feel close to her. Which and means, I, now, which I means, mean, now I feel just so, she won't call me. Mm. She will respond if I talk to her, but she doesn't want to talk about this. She wants this to go away. She didn't want to tell any of her siblings. She wanted to keep it a secret. And I said, my children have met. And wait, I should say, I found David. It was easy to find him because his brother had the book. We found him. And he has responded immediately. He wants to be a part of things. And I'm struggling with that as well. Is he in the vicinity? Is he anywhere near you? Um, he's about three hours away. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. So your relationship now with your mom is very strained? And to say the least. Yeah. It's so very she's, strained. She's not contacting you. It's up to you to contact her. Yes. And it's very awkward. And she, I get the impression She just wants me to get over it. Like, I've said I'm sorry. That's enough. Let's keep moving here. I kind of get the impression the rest of my family, like my extended family feels the same. And anybody with a mother who has deeply hurt them and is struggling with their relationship with their mother has probably hurt. Well, she's your mom. You have to forgive her. And I'm trying to forgive her, but she's doing no work. 
Do you think that forgiveness is the necessary step for you to be able to move forward? At this point, I feel like I've done what I can do. I went to counseling every week for a year. Mm -hmm. I read books. I'm considered an NPE, not parent expected. And so there's multiple. I'm in support groups. I'm Mm -hmm. reading books. Good. I think about it all the time. I'm talking to you. Right. I did go to therapy. And finally, my therapist was like, I don't know if we can get any further with this. Like you personally, you've done what you can do. Mm -hmm. I have accepted it. I understand and completely sympathize with the shame that society places on women who have sex, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you've, you've had, you did that. And I'm sure in the early eighties, it was even worse than it is now. Mm -hmm. Yep. That heaven forbid. And it all comes down on the woman. It does. It, in a hundred, and I completely agree with that. I see where she, especially as a woman in her twenties, didn't want to raise a child alone. And my biological father was a bit of a drifter. He would go work wherever the winds took him. And he had no phone and no car and no permanent place to live. And he had this biker brother. And hmm. and he was not in the position to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Whereas my dad had a job and he had two children from a previous marriage and uh-huh, I see you know he fixes everything and mm-hmm. he was he wanted and I do believe this I believe that my father always wanted that nuclear family but he didn't know how to make that work mm-hmm. um David on the other hand at that point did not want that. And um and I've had people say, you know, well you really need to think about it from David's perspective. You know, like this has got to be hard for him and I thought why I, do you I, have to? I don't and I'm just going to say this I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who abandon their children at this point in my life. I just don't. As he was 36 years old, mm-hmm. he got himself there. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. And he was basically off the hook. He didn't have to care for you. He didn't have to give money to support you. No, he didn't do anything. Yeah. And um, my mom saw him. She told me she snuck me to see him. Mm. twice Mm -hmm. when I was a baby. And she said he was always very nice and he liked me very much. But at the end of those weekends, he said, well, it looks like you've got it covered. Bye-bye. Went on his way. Mm. And so my position now is I can't control my mother. I can't control David or anybody. Even though we know that. But for my mother and I, to be close, she has a lot of work to do. And And, um, and you can't make that happen. And I can't make that happen. So it looks like your options are either I want that close relationship back that I had with my mother before I realized the secret she was keeping, Or that relationship is never going to be the same again, and I need to create a new relationship with her. Exactly. And that's what I'm, and I, her response is, I did the best I could, which I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe her when she says that. I believe that in the early 80s, she absolutely did the best she could. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where you say to your child, that you have been harboring a secret like this from, especially when they're an adult. Mm -hmm. We need to sit down. 
we need to have a serious discussion. I wonder what and you're going to be upset. I wonder what she was afraid of that kept her from doing that, having that conversation with you. Well, she doesn't, she's not one to admit she's wrong. Mm. And so my mother's been divorced three times, but every one of those failures was because the man, it was their fault. I see. Mm -hmm. Every single one. And it's, well, it's that makes not, it wasn't just their fault. It was yeah. your fault too. It makes sense that you're saying that because she's clearly she's the one who doesn't want to talk about David. And so she's telling you to get over it, to move on, mm-hmm. unable to think about what this has meant for you. She's mm-hmm. focused on what it meant for her. And she doesn't want to deal with it. And so she's going to do her best to make sure that your knowledge, your new knowledge of it doesn't affect her because she mm-hmm. can't deal with it, right? Yes. So she's, it seems to me that she is more unable to empathize and understand how traumatic this has been for you. Absolutely. And have you seen that in your relationship with her prior when you felt it was close that she wasn't really able to understand how you felt about various things? My mother, I think she's now always felt that I was too sensitive. Mm. Um, and she's always kind of assumed that I couldn't handle things on my own. Like she was just going to have to step in and fix it for me, mm-hmm. which isn't true. Um, I don't operate the same way that she does, but mo- many children don't operate in the same ways that their parents do. That doesn't mean they can't figure it out. Right. So there was that, but she just can't admit she's ever been wrong, that anything okay. was her fault. It's somebody else's fault. It was the husband's fault. It's yeah. now this, and now this is my fault. Right. This is now my if fault. If you hadn't gone on 23andMe, none of this would have happened. If I hadn't started digging where I didn't, mine didn't belong, or if I wasn't so sensitive Mm-hmm. or ungrateful mm-hmm. um, because ungrateful. I really have become the scapegoat child in my family where it's since this. Yes. Hmm. Yes. That I have said, I will not accept lying. I will not ask my children to lie to protect you. I will not. And I will, I will not, not speak to my father and she doesn't really like being around him and she doesn't want to be around David, obviously. And um, because I have relationships with both of them still, I think that upsets her and makes her uncomfortable because my dad was the one who said, I'm not going to lie to her anymore. So Mm -hmm. she's upset with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And she did tell me one time, I just don't know what good would have come of the truth. I mean, he was from this weird family and he had the the biker gang brother. I understand that when you're 12. What I don't understand is allowing your daughter. Because while I was pregnant, I thought I was at risk for an aortic dissection. Uh And she would say, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know you felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you a few things about my mother is she is a very bright woman. So when she plays the dumb card, I really don't believe her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's not, Mm -hmm. she's very bright. So I think the, the, the crux of the work here at this point, and I know you know this, you've been in therapy about this for a long time is Mm -hmm. not figuring out how David is going to be part of your life or your dad is going to be part of your life or it's, it's how are you going to deal with your mother? 
how are you going to choose a relationship with your mother? And because all of that, all of this, of course, impacts on your relationship with your kids. Absolutely. And they love my mother. Ah, good. And she is the only, she's the only really involved grandparent. Mm, mm -hmm. My in-laws live out of the country and my, unfortunately, my poor mother-in-law is not well. Um, And they can't travel here like they used Mm, to. mm -hmm. My father doesn't, I'm just going to say, he doesn't connect great with my kids. Mm -hmm. They, they kind of find him amusing at times, but, um, and he's also, he has some serious health issues. Yeah, I imagine. Um, And my mother has been in many ways, their primary grandparent. And I, I will not take that from them. And does David have a relationship with your kids? He does. And I believe that David would very much like to be their grandfather. Hmm. Um, he would like that very much. And he, his wife is, his wife is lovely. Hmm. He married a lovely person and they live a lovely life. Does she know about you? Yes. Mm -hmm. And she has known about me since they met. Uh Uh-huh. And she even said to me, I owe you an apology because I just, I never questioned why he didn't try to find you. He said, he told me once, I just want you to know I have a daughter and she was raised by her mother and her mother's husband basically adopted her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not part of her life mm-hmm. at all. I mean, and he wasn't at all. There was never a weird letter or gift I got. <laughs> all of these people knew, except all you. of these people knew. My dad's whole side of the family knew, and my his sister has been very kind to me about the situation. Um, she is a very good woman. And she said, you know, it doesn't matter. I've always known. I've always loved you. How is that for you to hear that these people who have known you all your life knew and you didn't? I'm sorry. It's. Do not apologize. I'm grateful for them for protecting me as a child. Mm-hmm. I wish that one of them would have been able to advocate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that at some point they would have said, look, Carly deserves to know the truth. Mm -hmm. She's an adult. There's nothing she can't handle. Mm -hmm. But it's my story. Do you know that that didn't happen? I don't think it happened. And my dad said he didn't feel that it was his place to ever tell me that it was my mom who needed to do the telling, which is why he didn't tell me. He could have to talk to my mom. Yeah. It's all about convincing your mom. Because it was her idea. Mm -hmm. It was her secret and her Mm -hmm. plan. And, And I understand, like I said, I sympathize. And I have completely forgiven the young mother who was desperate to Mm -hmm. provide and keep her child because I, I would do this anything, you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do to keep my children and provide for my children. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also leads to why I have a hard time forgiving David. I'm like, I would do anything I would. Yeah. I would never give up on them. And um, 
They never made a plan. It's not like David said, I understand. And and he was struggling with addiction at that time. And um, my husband has even said it's probably because of his struggle with addiction and his inability to be consistent and how gentle I was as a child. He's like, it was probably better that he wasn't in and out, you know. But whether it was for the better good or not does not soften the impact of the big lie on Carly. She has come to believe that her close relationship with her mom was a sham, and that to her biological father, she was dispensable, abandoned, and unwanted. She's left with believing she's unworthy of consideration and care in her family and incapable of handling the truth. Her mother wants Carly to take responsibility for her actions while shirking her own, as the truth threatens exposure. Her defenses have become so strong that any blame feels like a lethal attack. Getting Carly to move on is her only protection. He knew that you were in an intact family, a consistent, solid family. That he you assumed. Had... He assumed that. Okay. He never checked up. My parents divorced when I was four. Mm. So he didn't know about that. He didn't know about that. Right. And uh, he didn't. He didn't. But by then he was. Was he married? At that point, even if he did know. He wasn't married to his current wife. He was in a relationship, I believe. I I believe he was in a relationship um, with a woman he did have a child with. And and that is also a complicated thing where, you know, I'm the child that (laughs) he could give away. Yeah. Exactly. And there's another child that, that he, he didn't. And, and he went, we're not that far apart in age, a few right. years. Right. You know, I think the, the, the meat of all of this comes down to people do what they do. People make mistakes. Mm-hmm. People act on their impulses. People get into difficult situations and then figure out how they're going to deal with it. This is human nature. This is what we all do. We all make mistakes. We all get into not necessarily mistakes like this, but there were they were all, as you were saying, doing the best they could or what they thought was the best. Mm-hmm. But the thing that gets left out is you and how you feel about it all and what this is meaning for you. It mm-hmm. seems like these all these people in this puzzle picture are focused, your mother especially, on herself and how she feels about you knowing and what she's going to do about it. And... David wants to be involved now that there's a way in, but what's getting left out is you. And I wonder if there are, I wonder if you know what you truly deserve here or whether you're trying to reckon with the idea of doing what your mother is saying and just moving on. What I want, um, which I didn't know what I wanted for a long time, and um, that's a more complicated issue with uh, being a people pleaser, mm. but um, what I really want is for my mom to go to therapy Mm -hmm. to work out 
why she did this and figure out how she can start repairing the relationship instead of looking to me to fix it, mm-hmm. which is what she's done. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Exactly. I'm, I remember talking to her a week after she told me and her say, well, it's almost Easter. And I'm wondering if you and the kids are coming down and do you want scallop potatoes? And I remember, I was like, mom, I'm ill. She goes, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I thought, I, uh, what do you mean, what's wrong? (laughs) What's wrong? And I did ask her once, have you ever thought what it would be like to find out at 39 Mm, that your father Mm -hmm. wasn't your father? And she said, well, I do know I've never looked like my brothers. It could have happened to me. But it didn't. My mm. grandfather's her father. I, mm. I was like, this is. But because she thought, I don't look like them. I don't look like my twin that brother. I could, I, is, I could have. She's people, relating to your experience because she had that thought. I could have been. Yeah. I thought that too when I was a kid. I, and then I realized she's completely her emotional abilities are extremely limited, especially when it comes to this. Clearly she's, she's very limited emotionally and she needs help. And while I will not take my children from her, right. I can't be close to her until she works through these issues because she has hurt me. So worse than anyone's ever hurt me in my life. And I think you have the right to tell her what you want mm-hmm. because it's from you. You you do not have the right to say, go get therapy. You do have the right to say, here's what I want. I want you to work this out so we can have a close relationship again. Until then, I can't really trust. I don't know what our relationship is. And I think you have every right to say that. And there's not a lot of history here to tell you that she will take that and do what you want. I think it sounds to me like she is probably not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to figure out what that relationship is going to be like from here on out. And it is definitely a trauma you have experienced. And there are going to be a lot of triggers. Oh, just hearing her voice is a trigger at this point. It's continued to almost get worse because she's handled it so poorly. Like there was a point where I thought, okay, we're going to be able to move on. And then it just completely, this summer just completely went backwards. And I think it was me realizing the violation of my trust Mm -hmm. was too great for me to just sweep it under the rug and get over it. Mm-hmm. And I read, I even had a girlfriend who said, you know, at some point you're just going to have to get over it. And I'm like, it just doesn't work. It's like not that. about, yeah, it's not like that. It's not getting over it. It's getting through it. So I think th- the problem for you, and it's a big one, and you are not going to just get over it, is to live with, continue to work through the issue that you have been lied to by the most important person in your life. Mm -hmm. And that is unfair and undeserved. That doesn't mean you can't find your way through that, but it's got to be your way, not her way. Yes. Yes. And it sucks. 
Yes. <laughs> to put it very mildly, it sucks. And you can do it. I'm absolutely sure that you can. You have a very good head on your shoulders. And you will get through it. And it's just a question of what's going to be the collateral damage in your relationship with your mother. Yes. But I also feel like that's a question she needs to answer for herself. You can't do anything about yeah. that. Yeah. That's the thing that that you that's the hardest part here to keep working on. You can tell her what you want her to do. You can tell her what you think she should do. You can't go any further than that. I've accepted that we won't be close again. Yeah. Unless she has decided. Right. Unless. And maybe she will. Maybe Because she will. maybe you're that important to her. And maybe she just needs to have some crisis in this relationship to give her that kick in the butt she needs. But I think you've got to focus on what you want, what you need for your healing, and what you deserve. Yes. And your children deserve. Yes. So on that note, <laughs> I couldn't come up with an adjective for that yeah. something note. Yes. To be continued. Yes. To be continued. It's yes. The complexity of the parent-child relationship absolutely continues into adulthood. Never ends. No, um, never ends. And I am so grateful to you for sharing this story on the podcast. Yeah. I think it's very yes. brave, and I love that you're reaching out, looking for help wherever yes. you can. And if anybody listening has gone through this, you're not alone. There's whole support groups. <laughs> and if anybody listening has gone through this, contact me, and I will put you in touch with each other. Well, thank you, Bonnie. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.